Hey, welcome back to Tickets Anywhere podcast, episode 18, where we discuss with Jess from the Justin Nation, her life as a teacher previously in Colombia and virtually from the U.S. She is currently living and teaching English in Chongqing, China. Besides teaching English, Jess taught us how to give yourself time to experience and to understand the different cultures so we are not quick to judge. So be patient and be kind. Yeah, Jess tells all about the cultural differences between the two countries she's taught in, what it's like to be a Black American woman in China and her daily life there during the pandemic. And we had so much fun chatting with her. We definitely didn't want the conversation to end. So be sure to visit Jess's website at thejustination.com and enjoy this episode. Hey there, it's Trizzy and Leah, your hosts for the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. We created this travel podcast for you, who's just as obsessed with exploring the globe as we are. We each travel a different way and even have different work schedules, but every episode we aim to widen your worldview, inspire you to consider a destination near or far, or learn from others. With us, you can adventure from anywhere. Keep in touch with us on social media at Ticket to Anywhere Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Never miss an episode by subscribing to Ticket to Anywhere Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. And hit subscribe to follow our visual podcasts on YouTube. Jessica, we are so excited to have you here. The Justination, the coolest Instagram name. Ever, I know, by the way. I'm curious, did you have difficulties trying to lock that handle down? I did not. Thank Ooh. you for that compliment. There is one girl on YouTube who was just Justination, but mm. she hadn't posted in years. So I just put the in front of it and here I am. <laughs> yeah, girl. There you are. And if you haven't hit up her website, you need to go. It's stunning. Learn all about you. So Jess and I met in Medellin, Colombia, because we're both graduates of International TEFL Academy. Um, and of course, Jess went on and has changed the world by teaching English everywhere. And I did it for two months. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but with that, I mean, I will never forget the network of people that I made around the world uh, with by getting that certification. So I'm forever grateful. And it does last your whole life. So um, Jess, I want, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know the listeners want to hear it from you. So I definitely want to hear it from you too. <laughs> I'm the third wheel here, guys. <laughs> well, I'll start with when Leah and I met. Leah and I met at a, at a meetup that she hosted for ITA in Medellin. And I remember getting there and she was just like this ball of energy. I was like, she's awesome. She's fun. I need to stay connected to her forever. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, just living life. I mean, I got my, my temple, but you know, I'm not teaching. <laughs> and I was like, okay, girl. <laughs> That's kind of embarrassing when I'm like, God, I definitely did get my TEFL and taught for two months. And like, that was it. <laughs> I loved it though. I was like, this is great. And that was like one of the best meetups ever. So yeah, just being connected through that network has changed my life tremendously. I feel like I always have friends no matter where I go through that ITA connection. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I started teaching in Medellin back in 2016. 
and taught there for a year. I loved it. Like I loved Columbia. I thought I would oh. never leave. I tried to stay for as long as possible, mm-hmm. but the income as a teacher there is just super low. And I'm, I'm in my 30s, so I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, I got to make some money. I have to start saving. I have to be an adult. I can't just keep traveling and having fun in hostels and partying all over the place. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, but no, I'm kidding. But it's not wise. So (laughs) I tried to teach online to get secondary income while I was there, but that takes a while to like build up your clientele. So Mm -hmm. just as it was getting started, I I went back to the States, went back to the States and applied for my visa to come to China while I was teaching online. So that took quite some time. Um, Even before COVID, like getting a Chinese visa was just a very intricate, long, detailed process. So I thought I'd be in the States for three months in between and it turned into eight months. So I taught online during that whole period. And by the time I got to where it was time to come to China, I was making about $2,000 tax-free a month. And I almost stayed because (laughs) (laughs) if I can make this and go back to Colombia, I'm good. Like that's, that's plenty of money to, to live well there. So I ended up just, um, I already made, did all the paperwork. So got on the plane, came to China in 2018, and I've been here ever since. <laughs> I am in Chongqing, China, which is, is a place a lot of people in the Western world haven't heard about, but it's a city of 30 million people. It's it's huge. It's a huge city. Wow. 30 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in Southwest China. They recently did a, a study of like the biggest cities in the world, and people were outraged here that it, Chongqing isn't on there because they only included the metro area, oh. whereas Beijing is on there and they included the entire area like they should have done for Chongqing. It's, I don't right. know why they did that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So the metro area where I live is is 11, maybe 15 million now, 15 million people. And then- Wow. Damn. That's yeah. still, that's crazy. I mean, that's larger than New York City, you know, larger than Sao Paulo and Brazil. That's massive. um so then you're there you're about to put it on the map that's why yeah exactly (laughs) it is the next destination (laughs) um so do they speak both Cantonese and Mandarin then they only there only speak Mandarin okay yeah we're like pretty centrally located in the country south it's southwest China but it's pretty far away from um Guangdong and like Hong Kong that that part where they speak Cantonese Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, dropping knowledge. <laughs> Wait, so how long did you um, stay in Colombia for? For one year. For one year. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Oh, and we, I'm sure we both have that same, we have that same love for that country. It is absolutely stunning. <laughs> it's so, it's wonderful. And um, I want to backtrack just a little bit because I know people would love to hear like what were you doing with life before you decided to teach if you want to just give us like a quick overview of that <laughs> people are always interested <laughs> I'm done I'm one of those people that like did everything like I I sound like I'm 80 years old when I tell people like how many jobs and careers I've had you got a lot of life that's it you've been living life <laughs> Yes, I've been living a good life. I'm very thankful for it. Um, so right before, while I was taking my TEFL, I was doing hair full time. So I was in a in a hair salon full time with two friends. We opened it up together. That was it. And then I was bartending because I needed more money to move abroad. So I was doing those two things. Prior to that, before I went to cosmetology school, I went to traditional college and I thought I wanted to be a nurse. 
nursing school at the time had a two-year wait list. So I became a medical assistant so I could just get some money, get my foot in the door. I ended up like getting promoted really, really quickly. I was about 22 and I was like the manager, the regional manager for like all these medical practices in North Carolina, which I do not recommend for a 22 year old to do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just was irresponsible because I was 22, but you know, I was good at my job, but long story short, I ended up getting fired because I was 22 and I was doing things I shouldn't be doing. So I started off in healthcare um, and then transitioned into cosmetology and then now into teaching ESL. That's a amazing. Lot of and, and, you know, like retail and yeah. stuff like that. all that usual stuff. It's <laughs> very of experience that, mm-hmm. you, that you have. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so now you're in China and I would love to hear that transition from Colombia to China and those differences and like you now you've been in China almost three years, like, you know, settling in what's life like. I mean, I'm sure you could go on forever about like pre-COVID and post-COVID, but would love to hear about that, like transition, the differences between the countries and life there now. I had that long break of being in the States in between. So okay. it kind of like leveled it out. It was kind of like starting all over again. Um, the, the funniest thing was that when I got to China, I kept speaking in Spanish. I uh, you know, <laughs> didn't expect that to happen. It drove me crazy every time. It's like, they still don't understand <laughs> what you're saying. Um, so yeah, that was, that was funny. And a lot of other people have told me the same thing. If they speak another language, they would speak the other foreign language that they, (laughs) that they know when they got to China. (laughs) I feel like I kind of do that too. When I was in Thailand, I didn't know how to say something for Uh some reason I would literally default to Spanish and I'm like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. It's funny. It's weird. Um, so that was the first major thing. Um, culture shock. (sighs) this was my first time experiencing culture shock. Like I didn't in, in Colombia because, you know, I kind of blended in. Things weren't quite that different. It's still part of the Western world. But here, uh, I think the first thing that really threw me was like seeing people void in the street. Like, like not just ki- like kids sometimes just pull down their pants and they just go to the bathroom in the street. And I live in a city. I don't live in a rural area. Like I live in a city like <laughs> there are public facilities everywhere like just what That's crazy <laughs> it's just more convenient to go right here in the sidewalk while people are walking so that was my <laughs> so oh that's just not goodness. in the movies that's real life too that is real <laughs> life I, I didn't even know about this wow. yeah, situation um, yeah there's a <laughs> i live on a busy street and there's a subway entrance right there and mm-hmm. just like last week saw a grown man just in the broad daylight just needed to go to the bathroom no way right there i'm like <laughs> if you just go down the stairs there's a bathroom yeah. <laughs> wait that scares like the hygienic portion of that like that doesn't oh my goodness <laughs> so is there wow. any laws with like um exposing yourself right a kid is around or something i don't think there are any like written laws for that i don't think there are that's insane wow yeah that's that's a big difference yeah (laughs) oh there should be bathroom signs right Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are (laughs) 
they're probably like, if you got to go, you got to go. I'm like, but, <laughs> but you should try to hold it. <laughs> you yeah. should try. I did read that there's like, you know, the idea here is that you should never hold it. Like anything mm. that needs to come out, mm. it needs to come out. Like that's just, that's just their cultural way of thinking. It's always been that way. So that's why it happens, which mm. made me like, I don't know, for me, it's like, things are different but if I understand where it comes from then I'm like okay let me just walk this way oh (laughs) that's interesting I wonder (laughs) do businesses then have those sanitary sanitizing foot mats (laughs) they should like the ones we saw in Mexico where Mm -hmm. you like step in sanitizer and then dry your shoes yeah I've not seen that here but I was reading about it like it's become more of a thing because of COVID Mm -hmm. like in a lot of places but I haven't seen it here Mm -hmm. mm-hmm or very much like don't wear your shoes in the house or oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like every single asian culture i love the no shoes in the house though yeah <laughs> same same i'm a big fan of that um i want to ask you just like what's the most rewarding feeling that you've gotten out of teaching in south america and in china both oh. really different countries very different. I think an ongoing thing now is that I taught high school in Colombia, and that was five years ago. So those kids are adults now, and I still keep in touch with them wow. on Facebook Aww. and Instagram. So yeah, that's a constant like rewarding thing when they just message me about whatever, how they're doing, or checking on me, how am I doing? And it's just, it's so heartwarming. Like, look at you being an adult. Oh my that's gosh, crazy, y'all. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, and then here, I teach little kids. So it's cute. super rewarding. Yeah, they're so cute. And it's, it's just awesome to see them producing things that you taught them, like, mm-hmm. or just like getting a joke or telling me a joke in English. It's the best mm-hmm. feeling ever. Like, <laughs> I love it. They're so cute. Or their parents sending me things like, because, you know, kids, like the older kids, like around eight to 10, they start to get a little shy, preteens. Mm. They don't tell you everything, but their parents will send me messages like, oh, she's doing so good and in primary school or she was at something and she was talking about you nonstop or I've had oh. like- cousins or aunts just show up and I'm like hi who is this and they're like oh it's her (laughs) we went away for the weekend and she couldn't stop talking about you so they had to come meet you and I'm like oh that is so sweet that's so sweet (laughs) oh my goodness what age range you said eight to ten but are there youngers that you you teach I teach from three to twelve wow Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's okay. a big range. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big range. And it, it trips me out sometimes that I'm like, I'm the first foreigner. I'm the first black person. I'm the first like a lot for, for like three-year-olds. So mm-hmm. it, when you really think about it, it's kind of scary. It's like, is this kid going to remember me in like mm-hmm. 15 years, 20 years? Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. Oh, <laughs> I love that. How's um, your um, oh, yeah, Chinese? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how's your chi- how's your chinese trizzy <laughs> so i speak i i know cantonese mandarin i you know i went to school for it my parents brought me to chinese school but i failed probably like twice so my really? mandarin's terrible yeah <laughs> but cantonese is more difficult i've i've you think I, so yeah just I've a little that. yeah uh, so well, can you speak mean? both just Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I think that means no. Good, good, good. I literally. I don't know a single word in either of those dialects. So Lizzie is cracking up because she understands. <laughs> uh, I think that that's going to be my new like, no, 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 no. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. <laughs> it's so funny because like, that's what happens to us like as foreigners. If they don't have something, like a lot of times, boo, 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 boo. Yeah. <laughs> like, boo means right. no in Mandarin. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, I, it's, it's a constant struggle working on my Mandarin. I go through these phases of like, I'm going to go so hard. I'm going to study twice a week and I'll do that for like three months. And I feel like, wow, I really leveled up. And then I get, I get frustrated or you know what it is. I start to understand things that are said about me or around me. And Mm. I don't want to learn anymore. It's like the more I learn. The more I hear, it makes me want to respond, and I don't have the complete language to do that. And it's mm-hmm. just like it's it's like let me just stay in my bubble of ignorance because I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 ebbs and flows of that. Don't bring me with you, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah. useless. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I have my own dialect here too which makes learning mandarin even more difficult like oh even, really yeah i have some some chinese co-workers who are from other parts of the country and they're like we don't know what they're saying like i've had mm. <laughs> had a message on my phone the other day that was in Chongqinghua, and i was asking all of my co-teachers like what did you say <laughs> like of course i translated it first but it didn't make sense so i'm asking them and they all were like i don't know like Damn. i don't know what the- so yeah wow it is like my parents they're they have they know Cantonese and they know a little bit of Mandarin but they have their own like specific dialect that they speak my mom speaks more like Fukinese and my dad speaks Chuchao and I'm just like man I I don't know where I fit in (laughs) so what do you I was like what do you speak (laughs) Cantonese Chinese American I guess (laughs) where's your family from so they're both chinese but they were born and raised in vietnam oh okay yeah which i've known her for 13 14 years and i literally just found that out like a few months ago (laughs) and i was like mind blown for weeks i'm like what what (laughs) yeah i wish you could speak vietnamese too not gonna lie (laughs) i I just know how to count to three (laughs) oh man all right so I actually want to touch on a topic. I want I want to know what it's like or like what your experience has been like being a Black American woman in China or even Colombia or both. Like what the differences are, how you feel about it, if there's more to being Black, more to being American or more to being a woman or all combined. Like I'm so curious to know. Good question. So in Colombia, I felt like I, I blended in often and until I opened my mouth, they thought I was Colombian. They just thought I was from the coast. And as you know, like being in Medellin, people are people are more fair skinned and not from the coast. But on the coast, like Cartagena, Choco, people look like me. So mm-hmm. they just thought I was from there. So it really wasn't an issue. Like it didn't, it's something I didn't really think about. It was more of just um, a cultural thing. Like there were groups that were set up. Like I organized a group called um, Black Americans Black expats in Colombia was a Facebook group because it didn't exist there. So just Mm -hmm. for people to kind of link together um, and just share those cultural experiences that are different. 
other than that, it didn't really cross my mind. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a mm-hmm. thing. I had a lot of students that looked like me. It was great. No, no big deal. Um, yeah. Here, <laughs> it's more of a not Chinese versus Chinese thing. Whoa. Yeah. So mm. I would be, I could be with my friends that are blue eyed and blonde hair. I could be with, with anyone who isn't Chinese and the reaction is the same. So a lot of times black people will be here or come here and they're only seeing things through their own their own eyes their own experience which if you're traveling alone of course you don't have anything to compare it to Mm -hmm. so it seems like oh this is racist because i'm black but that's usually not the case it's just that you're not chinese they would react the Mm -hmm. same way to anyone who isn't chinese and i've seen it happen to japanese people I've seen it happen to just anyone who isn't Chinese. So yeah, that's something people should keep in mind. It's just, it's not a, it's not a race thing. It's a not Chinese thing. So, yeah. Thank you I for enlightening gonna, us yeah. about that. I was that. just going to ask you, like, if you felt a difference in the way, um, like, Chinese people uh, treated you once they found out that you lived in China or mm. if you were tourist, sure. but... I guess you answered it all in that statement. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. And when I, I, it was, it felt, I don't know, I shouldn't say it felt good, but it was just like, it felt better to see that it, it's not, it wasn't a black thing. Right. It was a, mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. did they, when you, when you, cause I'm sure you can do all the basics, directions, food, et cetera, like speak all the basics in Mandarin. Like, were they appreciative of that? The fact For that you're sure. like trying, yeah. For sure. Like, and wherever I travel, I try to at least learn a few words in the language just to make people feel more at ease. And I just feel like it's our responsibility to to do that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in your country. I should try. So I always make an effort to say as much as I can in Chinese, but my Mandarin sucks. So (laughs) (laughs) we can only get so far. And before it was like, it was cute. It was funny. Taxi drivers would always try to converse with me, things like that pre-COVID. Now it's, it's more of a the amount of, the amount of Mandarin you can speak is like your proof of how long you've been here, and it's this fear which is unfounded because the government we can't even no one can leave and enter now, and we haven't been mm-hmm. able to do it for a long time. But everyday citizens don't know that, so I've gotten like I've had drivers kick me out of the car because they think that I just got here from uh, where. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, I've had to practice like saying like I've been here for three years. I live here. Like just little things to let them know to put them at ease. Like okay, I've been here. Like you, and it's not your job to know that, but to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah, I, and you got to get home somehow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Wow. Interesting. Um, I want to ask. Well, going into the borders being closed. So, you know, at the time of recording, it's the beginning of March, basically a week away from the global pandemic being declared. So what is China like right now? What's your city like right now with the COVID restrictions, traveling domestically, et cetera? There are no restrictions here at all. There haven't been any for some time. Um, Fortunately, Chongqing never had a a big amount of cases. We never had a large amount of cases. Mm -hmm. We never had Wow. It was, it was, it's been fine here for a year. Like Mm -hmm. things started opening back up in March, 2020. Um, 
Yeah, I think the most amount of cases that were reported here was around 500. So if you think about mm -hmm. that in terms of like other places in the world, it's a very minimal amount. Yeah. Um, this region has always been low risk as far as travel. So I've been able to leave here and go to other places that were also low risk without any issue. China has issued a system of green health codes on your phone. It's just tracked by your SIM card and you know which uh, where it pings. So it shows everywhere you've been. And wow. up until Chinese New Year just passed. Oh. So I traveled a lot for that. And that was my first time like really bouncing around domestically. And to see like the cities populate on my code was like really interesting. Cause before I would just go to one place and come back home, go to one place, come back home. I went to, <laughs> I went to three different, I went to three different regions and like four or five different cities. So they're all on there. Mm -hmm. And every time we, like I was traveling with friends and we saw this poster. We never thought about like what happens if your code suddenly turns yellow or red, but there was a poster in this one place we went with like <laughs> what happens, not what happens, but like just showed what, what the code looked like. And <laughs> We were like, what would we do if it turned yellow right now? Because you just, you have to scan it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was it was a, a scary thought. Like, I would just die right here. I'm just going to fall out right here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so nobody's wearing masks anymore? No, masks are only required on public transportation. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah, there are signs, like, there's a bakery in my building and it's, they keep putting like bigger and bigger signs, like put a mask on, <laughs> but nobody. <laughs> bigger and bigger, I just realized. Yeah, it was going. like really small at first. <laughs> and then it like, it, it keeps getting bigger. It's so big. It's like as big as the door, like put a mask on <laughs> before you come in here. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, speaking of traveling within the country, I always see on your Instagram, your Instagram stories are lit all the time, every hour of every day, but you get some good traveling in, in China. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, at first it was a little bit devastating because I had spent every single vacation out of China. Like I just was going everywhere. Like it was my goal when I moved here to like see all of Asia. Like, so any holiday I'm like, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of good that I didn't see much of China when this happened because now I'm restricted to only traveling domestically. So mm -hmm. it's been it's been fun. It's been interesting. I moved here sight unseen. I didn't know anything about Chongqing. So <laughs> if I had seen a lot of these places, I probably would have chosen a different city, honestly. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting to know. Did you well, stay there? Did so you move there with you. with any help, like with friends? Did they help you move over there, or you just really went solo dolo? Solo dolo. Solo wow, dolo. wow. Man. Did you have the ITA network there? Like anyone? Yeah, I joined the group, but people weren't really here that were in that group. They they were here before oh, okay. they left, but there wasn't anyone that was here in the group. So. Mm -hmm. To be honest, they weren't in Chongqing. Oh, okay. Yeah, to be honest, I think that's the biggest thing about ITA that I love is like they connect you with people from all over the world and you have access to that for the rest of your life. So like I'm not teaching anymore. It's been what, five years <laughs> since I last taught English, but I'm still part of these groups and connections so I can reach out to anyone 
wherever I go and say, Hey, like I'm an alumni of this program. And I'm sure Jesse used that, you know, you take advantage of that as well. <laughs> all the time. I love like now we're, we're restricted travel, but we're all like IG friends and we all mm-hmm. keep up with each other and make plans to link up when we can travel again. Oh. Yes, hopefully by this summer, this fall, become a little bit more widespread, the traveling, right? Um, sidecar, 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 sidecar donuts. <laughs> Girl, I love sidecar donuts. That's what's on your mind right now. Please, please turn that into something. <laughs> we use that for something. Um, Trizzy, do you want to ask any more questions? Um, when was the last time you came back to the States? <laughs> The, when I left <laughs> okay so wow. do you think you'll experience some kind of like culture shock back in your home country for mm. sure yes. reverse culture shock is real I heard about it before but when <laughs> I came back from Colombia, I was like blown away because first of all it was it was Christmas I came home to visit and it tripped me out that I could understand every conversation around me when you're living in a country <laughs> mm-hmm. where you don't fully speak the language, you don't realize how much time you spend in your own head. And you're just like, unless you're talking to someone else who speaks English, mm-hmm. you're not really paying attention. You're not actively listening. But when I got back to the States, I could understand everything. And it tripped me out. Like <laughs> people just are on their phones talking about the craziest stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I guess this happens everywhere, but I yeah. just didn't understand it. I wasn't paying attention. So that was the first thing. Anytime I heard someone speaking Spanish, I wanted to jump into their conversation. Yeah. <laughs> rude, like, get out of here. Why are you just, there was this family who was Colombian and I knew they were Colombian and I was in the dressing room and I could hear them talking and I just had to say something when I came out. I'm sure they were like, this weirdo, why are she talking? <laughs> <laughs> Interjecting. She's all up in our business. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I just told them, I'm sorry. Like, I just came back from Medellin. I haven't lived there. And they were like, oh, okay. They were super, they, it was Aww. cool. So That's yeah, awesome. I'm, the same thing's gonna happen. I'll hear people speaking Mandarin and be like, mm. "Oh yeah." <laughs> and the the longer uh, you're away, I'm sure the longer the culture shock lasts, the harder it hits. So I'm nervous about that for sure. Oh well, yeah. enjoy it. You're enjoying your time there. You know, no need to come back anytime soon. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You're probably safer over there. To be honest, just let America try and handle whatever they need. Yeah, yeah, first. yeah. Like- <laughs> Let you guys get those vaccines. Dispersed. Oh yeah, right. in the summer. Yeah. I do miss Are my you- family though. It's been three. Aww. It's been three whole years. Oh like, man, is coming up next week here. So, yeah, I hope that I can get there in the fall. Oh yeah, it'll just be to visit, right? Or are you planning to move back? Well, at, at first I said, I'm not coming back until I move back because that mm. flight. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> it's so long. And then with the, with COVID, it's like you have to quarantine. So mm. I would need like three months because you got to quarantine for 14 days there mm. and then 14 days here. I don't know. It just seemed right. like a lot. So yeah. And now if I leave China, I can't, I can't come back. There's, you can't just c- come back, even mm-hmm. though I have a valid visa. There's a lot of paperwork oh. that have to happen. So yeah, hopefully the, the, the border restriction will ease up as more people do get vaccinated, as things calm down in all of the countries and yeah. we'll be able to travel freely again. So that's what I'm hoping for. I would like to, <laughs> I don't want to end my whole livelihood um, just yet. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Should we do rapid fire T2A? Yeah, T2A. let's get into the T2A Q2A, which is the ticket to anywhere quick to answer segment. So I think we have like, what, four questions for you, Jess? Mm -hmm. And we'll start off with, why do you travel? I travel to educate and to be educated. There you go. Love, Love that. <laughs> do you have any rituals or routines when you get to a new city or a country? Yes. So the first thing I do, throw my stuff in wherever I'm staying and immediately go outside and walk around. Like I have to like get my, my bearings. I just, I walk everywhere in any direction that pulls me and <laughs> but see what's going on. Yeah. Cool. What items do you need with you when on your travels? Hmm. I think the most important thing now is a phone. <laughs> if I have nothing <laughs> else, I need a phone with data. So mm -hmm. yeah, usually if I'm landing somewhere, the first thing I do is get a SIM card at the airport because I can't be walking around and getting lost. And yeah. with, with language barriers, I need my translation apps. Is there Absolutely. anything that's weird that you would say that you need with you that nobody would have? Mm -hmm. Anything that's weird. I don't think so. I've, I've learned to like travel super light. That's so, good. good for you. Yeah. yeah. My goal is to like, I don't want to bring anything, but mm. I, that requires a lot of money to buy what you need when you get there. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <was> very true. <laughs> All right. That's and great. the last question, what is your next trip? Mm, my next trip, hopefully I'm going back to Yunnan province here in China, which is uh, borders Laos and Myanmar. I went there for Chinese New Year to one part. I want to see the rest of it. It's a, a really beautiful. Like the culture, is, the culture is so different there. It's really diverse compared to the rest of China. So yes, hopefully there. All right. Ooh. Thank you so much for coming on to Ticket to Anywhere today. Let everyone know where they can find you online. I am at The Destination everywhere. And my blog is thedestination.com. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you for coming on with us.